Hello, PASS members. Welcome to the PASS Weekly Update Podcast. My name is Kim. I'm a community pharmacist working in Saskatoon, and I often find myself wishing that my emails would read themselves. Unfortunately, they don't. But your dreams are about to come true because I am going to narrate for you the PASS Weekly Update from July 29th, 2021. We have fun here, we learn things, we talk about self-care, but today I've literally been racking my brain trying to think of some form of unique self-care to mention on the podcast, and I'm like, have I even been taking care of myself? Am I an imposter? And I realized I have been. I just didn't want to, you know, repeat the same self-care over and over again, which is mostly lounging on my deck reading books, but I had a unique thought And I think this counts as self-care, so you can be the judge, but uh, it felt good, so I encourage it. Uh, An internet troll tried to pick a fight with me. Instead of stooping to his level, I reported him to the group admin, turned off notifications for the post, and powered my phone off all the way. And it felt so good. I feel like, even though that sounds kind of (laughs) stupid, people don't power their phones off anymore. We literally leave them on all day and all night. And I feel like it's like a small monkey on my back at all times. And when I actually turned it all the way off, I just felt so relaxed and calm. And I had a really good sleep last night. And that's probably why. All right, I'm pulling up our past weekly update, July 29th, 2021. The first thing is the updated past document entitled COVID-19 in community pharmacies. I like to scroll through here and find the updated stuff. So the first update I found is recording out-of-province COVID-19 immunizations. Patients that receive their COVID-19 immunization outside of Saskatchewan, in order to have out-of-province vaccine info added to the Sask Health record, patients must fill out the immunization submission form and submit the completed form and copy of the immunization record or documentation to Panorama Report IMMS. Panorama Report IMMS at health.gov.sk.ca. That probably makes some sense to someone, but it's not me. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you need access to that, both the form is linked here and the email address is spelled out. And then this goes on to say once it is entered into Panorama, it will be displayed in my SASC Health Record. Any questions can be directed to, there's a phone number here, press three, or go to the out-of-province proof of vaccination page, and there's a link to that webpage. Update. Saskatchewan residents, COVID-19 immunization not appearing on Panorama. For those patients that received their first COVID-19 immunization in Sask, but it is not appearing on Panorama, please review and use the following forms to provide details. There's a work standard, submission of missing COVID-19 vaccine doses, And then there's a form entitled COVID-19 vaccine missing first dose form. This has happened to me. I had to use this form to report a missing dose. Um, The patient came to our pharmacy for dose two, but there was no record of dose one. So he showed us his wallet card. And then we use that info to fill in this form for him. Updated vaccine info sheets. It's required to have available the vaccine-specific information sheet for patients during immunization. Please find updated vaccine-specific sheets at the homepage of the online formulary. New, the AstraZeneca, Moderna, and Pfizer vaccine resources, screening questions, fact sheets, aftercare sheets have been updated based on the NACI COVID-19 recommendations posted July 22, 2021. A summary of these updates includes questions relating to the following. 
general screening. Have you had a previous COVID-19 infection? Individuals should wait to receive a vaccine until they no longer have acute symptoms of COVID-19 and are no longer infectious to others as long as there are no contraindications to the vaccine. Moderna Pfizer specific, do you have a history of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, or pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of the heart not related to COVID-19 immunization? This is not a contraindication to being immunized with vaccines. Do you have a history of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, or pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of the heart, after getting a first dose of mRNA COVID-19 vaccine? As a precautionary measure, the second mRNA COVID-19 vaccine dose should be deferred in individuals who developed myocarditis or pericarditis following the first dose of an mRNA COVID vaccine until more info is available. If an individual is at high risk of being infected with COVID-19 due to community transmission or a severe illness due to an underlying condition, then a decision to get the second dose should be made in consultation with the individual's physician, cardiologist ideally, with the individual's informed consent. An update specifically for the Moderna Pfizer fact sheets, it says, who should not have this mRNA COVID-19 vaccine? If you have a history of myocarditis or pericarditis after a first mRNA vaccine dose. New regarding COVID-19 vaccine wastage. For expiry wastage only, effective July 25th, please use the expired wastage form for all expired COVID-19 vaccine. See the COVID-19 work standard wastage for additional support. There's links to both of those, the expired wastage form and the work standard for vaccine wastage. Submitting wastage reports for expired vaccine directly to the drug plan is only applicable to Moderna vaccine that's been thawed in the fridge longer than 30 days and Pfizer vaccine that has thawed in the fridge longer than 31 days. This includes if it was stored in a freezer for 14 days prior to transfer to fridge. Please ensure that expired doses are removed from the VDTS and that the quantities of vaccine on hand accurately match your inventory prior to submitting the forms. Do not send duplicate expiry wastage reports to the ministry. Continue to send other wastage reports, i.e. punctured vial with not all doses administered, using the standard forms found on the COVID-19 immunization program tab of the online formulary. There is a link here to the product wastage reporting form and the work standard for product wastage. There's an important reminder relating to the vaccine distribution tracking system. It says, please submit daily entries into the VDTS. Delayed inputting skews info on vaccine availability. Daily entries are required so that Sask Health has an accurate count of all available vaccines. If the system is not updated by the pharmacy on a daily basis, it could impact the pharmacy's ability to secure future orders. Hmm, I don't think I've seen this before. It says, update. COVID-19 Vaccine Contraindication and Precaution Background Document. The document has been revised and is now posted at, and they provide a link. When I click on the link, this doesn't ring any bells at all. Um, not ideal. Maybe it's just a different format. Some of the content is familiar. Okay, we've definitely seen the content before. If memory serves correctly, I think when I saw content that was very similar to this, I think it came from the Canadian Pharmacists Association. This is a document that has been compiled by the government of Saskatchewan. But when I scroll through it, it's talking specifically about different medical conditions, recommendations pertaining to those conditions, and then there's a sample script of how to handle the conversation with your patient. So as a sampler, I'll read you a couple conditions current or previous SARS-CoV-2 infection. 
treatment with COVID-19 monoclonal antibodies or convalescent plasma. Oh, this one actually has an update. It says, if client received anti-SARS-CoV-2 monoclonal antibodies or convalescent plasma for treatment of infection, delay vaccination with COVID-19 vaccine for 90 days. Okay, that's, yeah, we knew that already. Um, pregnancy or planned pregnancy, breastfeeding. Oh, there's some updates here for cancer oncology patients and patients with autoimmune diseases. It is preferred that clients on immunosuppressive therapy discuss the timing between their therapy and receiving the vaccine with their healthcare provider. HSCT blood and bone marrow stem cell transplant autologous or allogenic. Patients must talk to their oncology team before vaccine administration. Medically stable solid organ transplant patients followed up by the SAS transplant program do not need to consult their specialist prior to immunization. However, if the patient had recently got a transplant less than a month ago or was less than one month ago treated for rejection of the transplant, or if we're unsure, then we should follow up with the transplant program. There's a section specific to multiple sclerosis. That will come up a lot, I think, in Saskatchewan. A patient who's has a tuberculin skin test or TB blood work, thrombosis or thrombocytopenia, capillary leak syndrome, pericarditis, myocarditis, and there's a disclaimer at the bottom that says, this is not an exhaustive list. Common autoimmune conditions include Addison's, alopecia areata, amyloidosis, ankylosing spondylitis, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, diabetes type 1, endometriosis, erythema nodosum, fibromyalgia, Graves disease, Guillain-Barre syndrome, Hashimoto's, hemolytic anemia, Henoch, purpura, juvenile arthritis, Kawasaki disease, lupus, Meniere's disease, MS, myasthenia gravis, neutropenia, optic neuritis, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, Raynaud syndrome, restless legs. Re restless legs? Okay, I've never heard of that as an autoimmune condition. Rheumatoid arthritis, sarcoidosis, scleroderma, thrombocytopenic purpura, ulcerative colitis. List obtained from the American Autoimmune Related Disease Limited. All right, this document is 12 pages long. It's magnificent. There's a lot of information here. I would say it's obviously very patient specific, but if you have questions, this would be a good place to refer to. All right, I'm back in the past document. There's new info regarding the transport of open vials of vaccine. Regarding Moderna specifically, the work standard has been revised to allow transportation of open vials as per the following conditions. Permitted when returning the vial back to the main site for storage after an immunization clinic. Must follow guidelines for transporting thawed vaccine. Regarding Pfizer specifically, the work standard for transport of open vaccine has been revised as well. Transportation of open or reconstituted Pfizer is not permitted. There's another new update here regarding COVID-19 mass immunization clinics being reduced after August 8th, 2021. Effective August 8th, SHA will be shifting their focus to targeted outreach and discontinuing drive-through and appointment booked clinics. COVID-19 immunizations will continue after August 8th, but through walk-in pop-up clinics at public venues throughout the province, as well as through participating community pharmacies by appointment only. 
This approach allows for targeted outreach to communities where immunization is needed the most. Appointments booked online will continue for some smaller centers where pharmacy immunization is not available. Details will be provided in future updates. There's a link here where you can read the full PSA on the Sask Health Authority website. Thrilling! That was a good one. This document is now 18 pages long. She big. I'm back in the past email. General practice from CPHA. Resource Roundup Mental Health. The new Resource Roundup series from the Canadian Pharmacists Association gathers available resources and practice tools on important health topics to help pharmacists optimize patient care in their communities. The second edition brings together tools related to mental health and wellness for pharmacy patients and pharmacists alike. As healthcare workers on the front line, pharmacists are often the first point of contact for those struggling with their mental health, but the pandemic has also highlighted the importance of pharmacists looking after their own health and wellness. Let me click on that. Okay, I clicked on the link. It took me to the CPHA website and it says, in a given year, one in five people in Canada will personally experience mental illness. As frontline healthcare workers, pharmacists are often the first point of contact for those struggling with their mental health. From medication management to addictions care and service navigation, pharmacists play an important role in supporting patients' mental health and wellness. But pharmacists have mental health too. The pandemic has highlighted the ways pharmacists and other healthcare providers bear additional physical and mental stresses as they provide care for their patients. This is why it's important to address your own mental health so that you have the energy and resiliency to care for others during the pandemic and beyond. Taking care of yourself. Supporting pharmacists' health and wellness during COVID-19, watch the recording of our April 2020 webinar and review the practice tool, which includes practical tips and links to additional resources where you can get support. Clicked on those links and it took me to a webinar. It's part of the COVID conversation series through CPHA. It's dated April 22nd, 2020, and it's entitled Supporting Pharmacists' Mental Health and Wellness. All frontline healthcare providers are at increased risk of moral injury when dealing with challenges of COVID-19 pandemic. Pharmacists and their teams may be struggling with maintaining mental health and wellness while caring for their patients during this time. Host Shalita Datani spoke with pharmacists and mental health experts Jean-Francois Desgainet, Anita Gupta, Heather Scarlett Ferguson and Karen Wong about strategies and tips to support pharmacy teams during the pandemic. Mm, yeah, I want to watch that. Uh, it also said to click on their practice tool, so I'm going to check that out. Ooh, I like this. It's two pages. It says, supporting pharmacists' mental health and wellness during COVID-19. COVID-19 has forced a new reality on the entire world. Pharmacists and other healthcare practitioners are bearing additional physical and mental stresses as they continue to provide care for their patients. This practice tool offers some tips to help you take care of your mental health and wellness during these challenging times. Recognize that increased responsibility comes with heightened mental and physical stresses. During this crisis, you've taken on enormous responsibility. Recognize that this increased level of responsibility can be accompanied by heightened mental and physical stress and anxiety. Some thoughts you may have include, my patients are scared and are coming to me for advice. I am the only contact for some patients in isolation. My family is afraid I'll get sick. More patients are coming to me because our clinic is closed. Symptomatic patients are afraid to go to emergency rooms and come to the pharmacy instead. I can't self-isolate. I'm the only pharmacist in my practice. My rural community needs me. I can't close down. Patients are understandably upset and some are behaving aggressively. And then they have a tiny picture of a female pharmacist and she says this is the biggest challenge I have had in all my years of practice. Staying calm in the storm. 
Anxiety makes it hard to stay present, but we can only help those who need it when we are present. These four quick practices can bring you back to the now. Number one, stretch, full body hold for 10 seconds. Two, slow your breath. Breathe in slowly and deeply while counting to three. Breathe out slowly and deeply to the same count. Three, sensory grounding. Name three items you can see, three sounds you can hear, three things you can touch, three things you can taste or smell. Oh, I like that. I haven't heard of that before. Four, hydration. Take a sip of water. Bring your awareness to all the sensations, texture, temperature, taste, but not while wearing PPE. I think that's supposed to be funny. Managing COVID info overload. As a pharmacist, part of your role is to keep up to date on the latest COVID-related news, evidence, and treatment. But how can you make good choices without being overwhelmed by COVID information? Here are some ways you can avoid COVID info overload. Don't check your news feed as soon as you wake up. Give yourself a designated time to review news relevant to your practice. I've also heard this called scheduling time to worry from Gretchen Rubin. She is a self-help author. Don't focus on all the details, just the overall trajectory. Keep your home calm and serene, i.e. turn the TV off. Distract your mind with other tasks like cleaning, physical activity, crafts, or hobbies. Seek out stories of inspiration, those that showcase positivity, collaboration, and creativity in the face of COVID-19. Consider beginning personal conversations with non-COVID-related topics. Remember, what you turn your attention to becomes your reality. Calming others' fears. Your family and friends may be worried about your safety. You can reassure them by instituting a regular routine every time you come home involving a time for disinfection, i.e. disrobing, showering, putting on clean clothes, followed by family time, hugs, and conversation. Talking to them, their fears become magnified when not shared. Consider setting aside a specific time and space to discuss worries calmly. Tell them you are safe. Share the procedures you have in place to protect yourself. Give them a specific something to do that will help you, i.e. disinfecting surfaces in your home. Self-care isn't selfish. As a pharmacist, you are always focused on helping others, but it is important to address your own needs so you have the energy and resiliency to care for others. You can not stoop to the level of an internet troll by fighting back on a platform that is meaningless. Create a soothing space in your home and fill it with things that bring you joy. Try to not neglect physical activity. Practice good sleep hygiene. Consider mindfulness, meditation. Spend time outdoors. Seek out humor. Don't be afraid to steer conversations unrelated to COVID-19. Join a virtual community of peers through Facebook to share challenges and successes. Don't forget to tend to your personal relationships. Create opportunities to bond with those in your circle through talking, laughter, games, making music together, etc., whether in the same household or virtually. That was nice. And it does go on to list some resources in case people need um, to seek out further help with their mental health and wellness. Lovely. I've gone back to the resource roundup through CPHA and the next little topic, it says resilience, a primer for pharmacists. Watch the recording of our December 2019 webinar and download the slide deck to learn strategies for managing stress and burnout with presenter Zubin Austin. While held prior to the pandemic, this webinar still provides foundational strategies you can use to support your own mental health. It's an hour and three minutes long. It doesn't have a synopsis, but it's about resiliency.
They also mention CPS Drug and Therapeutic Info. Our drug and therapeutic content covers a wide variety of mental health issues, including anxiety, depression, insomnia, PTSD, and addiction support. Our information can help you and help you help your patients, but it also has many tips for ways to take care of yourself. We know you've been on the front lines of the pandemic for over a year, so maybe feeling the effects of stress of being a frontline healthcare provider. Ooh, and then there is a little link at the bottom. It's a video, and it says, A pharmacist story. Meet Melanie McLeod, a psychiatric pharmacist from Regina, Saskatchewan, whose pharmacy specializes in mental health care. It's one minute and 33 seconds. I'm gonna watch it right now. Nice job, Melanie. Also, your other pharmacists at the location. Check out that video. I'm back in the past weekly update. Uh, CPHA board member appointed to new Cadith advisory panel to support development of national formulary. Oh. CPHA board member, Sean Budgeton, has been appointed to the Canadian Agency for Drugs and Technologies in Health Pan-Canadian Advisory Panel on the Framework for a Prescription Drug List. This advisory panel, created as part of the federal government's commitment to implementing Pharmacare, has been tasked with making a series of recommendations to support the development of a national drug list or formulary. Bugden is one of two pharmacists named to the panel whose work is expected to be complete by April 22. The recommendations will be shared with Health Canada, the provinces and territories, and the public. More info on the panel can be found on the Cadith website. Reminder, if you are not renewing your malpractice insurance this year, be sure to alert PASS by emailing brenda.pristupa at skpharmacist.ca. Brenda, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but I will also spell it. B-R-E-N-D-A dot P-R-Y-S-T-U-P-A at skpharmacists.ca. The email address is, of course, in the email, so you can just pull up your past weekly update from July 29th and find that rather than replaying uh, me reading it to you 400 times to get uh, it just right. Past AGM and panel discussion, the post-pandemic pharmacy, recalibrating, rebuilding, and reimagining. It says, save the date, September 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. Okay, I clicked on the link regarding the AGM, and it says, registration coming soon, not yet available. It'll involve AGM first for 25 minutes. Welcome and introductions, keynote address, panel discussion, motivational speaker, question and answer period, and then closing comments. And once again, it's entitled The Post-Pandemic Pharmacy, Recalibrating, Rebuilding, and Reimagining. That will be interesting. So we've got to the end of our past weekly update, and there is a note. It says, please note, PASS will provide this update every second week over the summer months. Look for our next update Thursday, August the 12th. Thank you. Bye!